Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debates, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadiens Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. And this is our first episode back after a two-week break, so that's our goal for every show is to inform, engage, and entertain, and we're pleased to be back once again here on August 24th. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host over the next hour, and uh, this is episode 46 of the Canadians Connection podcast, the Andre Kostitsin edition of the Canadians Connection podcast. And I'm pleased to be joined by my co-host, I guess the Andre Kostitsin to my Sergei Kostitsin, Mr. Rick <laughs> Stevens. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. And uh, uh, glad to be back. Um, you said that uh, we had a short, a very short uh, two-week uh, break off the air from the podcast, uh, but we were around. We were uh, following the news. Uh, we were we were also doing some other things. You were doing the the academia kind of thing. Um, yes, <laughs> writing some exams. How did those went okay? Those went well. Those went well. Got my mark back, and everything was great. So that's the best case scenario. You get a good mark, and you move on, and uh, you enjoy what's left of the summer, and get ready for another year of of hockey, which is that's great. Yeah, and um, also kind of behind the scenes, um, you know, I was working on a couple of new projects that we're going to, well, we're, we'll we'll roll them out over the next couple of weeks. We've got lots of new things in store for you uh, this season on the Canadians Connection and on All Habs Hockey Magazine and Rocket Sports Radio and all of our other uh, products. Um, you installed some new gear. Uh, I, I, I must did. say, you 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 sound awesome. You sound well, fantastic. I, well, thank you for that. It's good to hear that it's it's going over well, at least here in the early going. And uh, I'm really excited about this new gear that I have, and hopefully, it will uh, it will help in uh, in making me sound uh, a little bit uh, a little bit better than my uh, my old setup. Oh. A little bit more professional, exactly. That's what we that's what we like to hear. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so over the last two weeks, of course, there was news that was happening every other week when we were going every single week for, you know, the entire summer. So now, of course, there's been an accumulation of news, and we're going to get to all of those things. We've got, unfortunately, an injury for Joel Teasdale. We'll get to that. Some uplifting news about P.K. Subban, Jeff Petrie, and, and uh, we do have the uh, rather interesting comments from Carl Alsner that we will be getting to in, our, in, in segment number two. And, uh, of course, we also have the question of the week that we have every single week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Alzner doesn't seem interested in playing in Laval. How should Mark Bergevin solve the problem he created? We're going to give our thoughts on that in segment two, but we're going to turn it over to the lovely audience in segment three. Um, so, Rick, with all of that said, there's, there's ways to reach us on social media, but there's also a couple of numbers you could reach us with. Well, nothing's changed. We're still a live podcast uh, every Saturday at 1 Eastern, uh, 2.30 New- Newfoundland time. Um, and you can interact <laughs> uh, with us 
by calling the studio. Our studio number is 213-943-3754, 213-943-3754. But listen, a lot of our listeners, and we gained a lot of listeners over the uh, course of uh, the off-season, the summer months, and, and we're proud to have you along with us. Um, lots of you have been listening on demand, uh, and um, we set up for you a Rocket Sports text line, and you can text us anytime, 5853-ROCKET. It's an easy uh, number to remember, 5853-ROCKET. Text us anytime. Yeah, and of course, as I mentioned, you can reach us on social media. You can follow me at JoeAlan19. Follow Rick at All Habs, and uh, you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, as I said, we do have a full slate of news to get to, and I guess we'll start off with a little bit of unfortunate news uh, before we turn it over to the to more positive, uplifting uh, stuff. But Joel Teasdale, uh, Memorial Cup MVP of 2019. Unfortunately, uh, during a workout and, and training, he uh, he tore ligaments in both his ACL and MCL, and uh, he's going to require surgery and is expected to be to miss seven months of action. Now, uh, this is very unfortunate timing, I would say, for Joel Teasdale. I think it's fair to say that his stock has risen at least a little bit in the Canadians organization, given his Memorial Cup performance. Uh, but uh, what say you? Well, listen, um, yeah, he, he started the season with um, uh, Blainville and, and um, you know, so uh, uh, Joel Bouchard, very familiar with, with yeah. him, got the trade to Ryan Naranda, uh, helped the Huskies uh, get their Memorial Cup. He scored um, 43 goals and 37 assists in six, just 66 games last year. So um, he's the kind of guy that, um, you know, the Rocket had a hard time scoring goals last year. Um, I think he was being kind of penciled into the, uh, the top six. Maybe he's going to, you know, he would have played with uh, Phil Veroni or some, um, uh, maybe opposite wing to Nick Suzuki. He was, he was uh, being looked at as a player who could have really helped the rocket offense going to miss seven months. And, and uh, that's a, that's a big loss right out of the gate for uh, the Laval rocket. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, we wish uh, Joel Teasdale all the best in his recovery. Uh, knee injuries, uh, had, they're, they're terrible, especially the ACL, MCL. You just, you don't wish that upon anybody, especially entering their professional career like Joel Teasdale is right now. And, and given the performance that he had at the Memorial Cup and coming off the season that he had, of course, uh, you wish him nothing but the best in, uh, in his recovery. Um, moving on to a little bit of some lighter news. You had uh, Jeff Petrie and his wife, Julie, welcome their third son uh, into the world. And uh, that was on Thursday, August 22nd. And uh, given the genes in the Petrie family, I mean, is it fair to say that this could be the next Hughes family or maybe like granddad, (laughs) they could be a great pitcher. You know, you have three great little uh, (laughs) future athletes going on. You have a, a, a starting right-hander, starting left-hander, and a guy coming out of the bullpen, perhaps. Exactly. <laughs> um, or, or uh, you know, like my dad, um, made sure that my brother and I um, shot on, on the, you know, a different side. His his dream was playing yeah. center and, and uh, <laughs> with uh, my brother and I flanking him. So, uh, but yeah, three three boys and, and uh, um, may make quite a line uh, someday. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, the next, perhaps the next Hughes brothers uh, of a, a family of hockey, 
So uh, <laughs> have to look out for the, the, the Petrie name in the years to come uh, once again. Uh, and, Bowen and Douglas news, Petrie. Bowen, yeah. That's, Bowen, that's, yeah. A, that's a really nice name, yeah. And uh, the good news continues because uh, P.K. Subban, at least the congratulations continue, because P.K. Subban and Lindsey Vaughn, they are engaged to be married. So, I mean, we talked about a family of, of hockey players. I mean, those are two fantastic athletes as well. So it's just, <laughs> man, they're just all these great, uh, the Petrie kids are going to be playing. They're going to be athletes at some point, I'd imagine. And then you have uh, P.K. Subban and Lindsey Vaughn. Just, yeah. Great athletes. <laughs> well, congratulations uh, to uh, Lindsey Vaughn and PK Subban um, on their engagement. Um, you know, I, I I don't know why why some um, athletes choose to engage with with uh, some of the Twitter haters. I, I know there's yeah. there's been lots of comments and Lindsey Vaughn firing back saying um, that when she met him, she had no idea who PK Subban was. And it was, (laughs) it was love. And, and, you know, listen, both of them um, obviously enjoy the limelight. Um, So there's similar kind of personality there and, and the romance blossomed and, and uh, uh, so uh, congratulations to uh, both of them. Yes. Two very outspoken athletes and uh, to uh, yeah. Congratulations to both of them on their engagement. Um, so moving along, I mean, talk about a pair of defensemen who, uh, you know, you have Jeff Petrie and his third son, and then you have P.K. Subban and Lindsey Vaughn engaged to be married. But then you also have a third defenseman that was in the news for the Montreal Canadiens, which is Nicholas Koberstein. And uh, we talked earlier in the summer about Scott Walford and Jared Tiska's two guys whose uh, the, the rights expired on them for the Montreal Canadiens, so they're no longer in the organization or a the Canadians no longer hold their rights. And now you have a third defenseman in that mix with uh, Nick Koberstein. Uh, and, and what, what do you think about that? I mean, especially when you look at I mean, the right side of the Canadians defense looks pretty good at the moment, but uh, still a guy that potentially could help down the line. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, we talked about this, as you said, uh, in previous podcasts, we, we uh, kind of signaled that this was upcoming uh, that the Canadians would lose the rights as of August 15th. And, and we predicted that it would probably happen. Um, you know, Coberstein is an interesting uh, prospect, uh, rugged plays with an edge kind of uh, defenseman, but uh, just didn't do enough to distinguish himself uh, as different or better or uh, desirable for the Canadians to uh, retain his rights. And, and, um, and so the, they, the Habs chose to move on from him. Yeah, with other a comparison. Uh, uh, list of prospects in in the in the hopper. Yeah, uh, certainly with the the list of right shot defensemen that they currently have, it would be hard to distinguish yourself amongst that group with the likes of Josh Brook and maybe a Cal Fleury as well. So uh, it, it was it would be difficult for him to uh, to set himself apart with with that type of a group. Um, and let's and, and, and let's and let's not ignore the fact that the Canadians are getting pretty close to the, the contract maximum. Yeah. Uh, they're at 48 out of, out of 50. You, you really want to keep um, a couple of those slots open to, to uh, as a general manager to have some flexibility during the season. And uh, there's no way they wanted to um, go to 49 and, and, and that 
probably as much of the fa- as much as that uh, you know he didn't distinguish himself played into it uh, played into yeah. the decision to uh, let him go move on. Yeah, and I mean this is you look at the off season that the Canadians have had when you've you've had to sign some RFAs with the likes of Arturi Lekkinen, Joel Armia, and and Charles Houdon. So it's really, the roster is filling up rather quickly. So you would expect perhaps as we get closer towards training camp and preseason that there there would have to be a little bit of of fat cut off the roster, as it were, for Mark Bergevin, just because there there isn't that level of flexibility that you would would hope to have uh, as you head towards, if you're looking to be a playoff team, you'd, you'd want some flexibility around the trade deadline. So uh, that might be something to uh, to look out for. And, and certainly Nicholas Koberstein, a decent looking prospect, rugged, as you say. But yeah, between the uh, the the fact that he didn't really distinguish himself and that roster space. Yeah, you, you, you can move on from that. Uh, speaking of, I mentioned Arturi Lekkanen. It's been a great summer for tennis, Rick. I don't know if you're a big tennis fan, but uh, it's been I play tennis. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and you're probably aware of the Djokovic Federer Classic at Wimbledon just a, mm-hmm. a month or so ago, and and Bianca Andreescu winning the Rogers the Rogers Cup there a, a couple of weeks ago, and there was another one added to that list with Arturi Lekkinen and Tomasz Plekanec throwing down <laughs> in what will go down as probably the best tennis match played by a pair of former Montreal Canadiens teammates in August. It was uh, Tomasz Plekanec taking the match seven, uh, 6-1, 7-5 in straight sets. And, uh, yeah, maybe maybe not quite the marathon that uh, Djokovic and Federer had, but a, a good little uh, a good bit of fun with uh, some bragging rights on the line. Yeah, Lekkanen went, uh, went to the Czech Republic for this, this uh, uh, big match. Um, and uh, as you said, there was – there was the the six one seven five victory on Saturday. Then they had a one set match on Sunday, which Placanic um, um, uh, won as Placanic uh, won yeah. as, as well. So uh, <laughs> it sounds like this is going to be a um, reoccurring thing, um, and um, um, it it also uh, I think there were some comments by Lekkanen of how much he looked up to Thomas Placanic and. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked before about how important it is uh, for the Canadians to fil- facilitate a relationship between uh, the young guys and, and the veterans. And it seems like in uh, they've kind of been left to their own devices. And, and this pairing uh, has a long-lasting um, uh, relationship, even now that Pekanch has moved on. Um, and and there's, there was obviously a mentorship there. We saw in a, a Brendan Gallagher video where he showed uh, his home. He talked about uh, the role that Josh Georges, the important role that Josh Georges had played in his development. Um, so, it, you know, in addition to the, the little bit of fun, as far as the tennis, there's, there's some interesting uh, information that's uh, that, that comes out of these uh, uh, encounters. Absolutely. And, and given the style of play of both of those guys, it, it makes sense that Tomasz Plekanec would sort of take Lekkanen under his wing and provide a little bit of mentorship for the, uh, the young Finnish forward, who is a, a great two-way player like Tomasz Plekanec always was in his career. So it's, it's great when you see things like that happen, uh, when, when a young guy gets 
uh, gets a mentor like that within his organization that can help him along the way. And Josh Georges was that for Brendan Gallagher, as you said. And it, it would be great if the Canadians, uh, you know, if that was something that was more of a, an occurrence going forward, because you want to have young guys that, that feel comfortable and, and have someone that they can go to as a teammate. And, uh, and that would be ideal going forward with the young group of Montreal Canadians that you have that are going to be coming up the pipeline in a few years. So, uh, yeah, that was a, it was great to see though. And as I said, a couple months ago, Thomas Placanich, a sneaky good follow on social media. So if you're not following Thomas Placanich, you should be, cause he is, he's hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, moving on, we do have some news that concerns the Montreal Canadians to a degree. And also, I guess who could be classified as their newest rival in uh, in the NHL, which is the Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, and like the the Montreal Canadiens, they had a, a defenseman who his his rights were going to expire relatively quickly, and they needed to get something done because there was a long list of teams that were interested in the services of one Chase Prisky, who uh, was the captain of a uh, Quinnipiac in the uh, NCAA put up 39 points in 36 games last season. So he's coming off of a, a couple of great years as a captain for that team. And, uh, and they got a deal done for two years and uh, this will be a, a good, good thing for the Carolina hurricanes to just add to their, uh, their list of good defensemen. And, uh, and hopefully uh, the Montreal Canadians who were in the mix target someone else to uh, potentially uh, get as a, as a defenseman. Which leads us into <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the odd news of the, the the week. Yeah, that was, this was, and I think you could probably see it coming because this has been a thing that's been going on for quite some time since the Aho offer sheet. There's been this weird feud between Habs fans and Hurricanes fans. And I understand that the, the, the origin story of the feud isn't weird because Canadians fans are saying that Tom Dundon is, is cheap and all this. And, you know, it, it's because of an offer sheet, which generally is a very contentious thing between two fan bases. But I don't think either side thinks that they're the guilty party in all of this. And it's created this really weird dynamic that anytime Carolina does anything, Montreal Canadiens fans are there in the comments saying, whatever they want to say. And, and in this particular case, it was about a Jersey and, uh, and it was, uh, it was something to behold. That's for sure. Well, uh, the Carolina uh, hurricanes unveiled uh, a new Jersey design and uh, as, as many teams do. And uh, this, you know, uh, had the offer sheet fiasco uh, not happened <laughs> This probably would have gone well. Not probably. It would have gone under the radar for for Canadians fans. Most Habs fans don't give a rat's ass about uh, Hurricanes uh, Hurricanes jersey. But because and 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 let's uh, let's be clear that you know um, it's it's not it's not all Habs fans. It just seems to be the loud boorish ones. The yeah. Bergevin apologists. <laughs> The Bridgeman apologists are, that are just—I um, think they're giving a bad name to to, to Habs fans because all of these really dumb comments about 
the jersey and and you know they're they're turning themselves into pretzels uh, trying to come up with ways to criticize carolina so <laughs> they nitpick on this jersey design which is which is fine i mean it's it's um it, you know it's got canes diagonally much like the the rangers jersey it's 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 nice it's classic looking um but because Bergevin mishandled the whole Sebastian Ajo affair and then tried to create this spin that, that it was Ajo that, that desperately wanted out and desperately, I mean, which turned out to be completely false. Um, (laughs) You have the, the Bergevin apologist saying really dumb things. Oh, Dundon can, you know, are these, are these jerseys cheaper to produce? Are they, uh, it, it's it's silly and and um you know have sand you're better than that uh just leave this alone the, the, i mean uh again a couple of weeks ago don waddell was was up for the um gm don waddell the gm of carolina uh was reportedly one of the candidates for the open gm position in minnesota um which that that came after um, Paul Fenton was fired and, and uh, eventually went to assistant GM from Minnesota, Bill Guerin. Uh, but when, when Don Waddell was up for that or mentioned as a, um, um, a candidate, you know, normally do Canadians fans care who, who's the, <laughs> the GM of the, or who's a candidate for the uh, position yeah. uh, for the wild? No, not usually, but because Don Waddell was there, they started saying, Oh, um, he was worried about not getting paid. Uh, he was paying, uh, you know, he was, he was, uh, uh, his contract was too cheap. Uh, Dundon wasn't looking after uh, he wants to run away from the organization. It's a terrible organization. Now, did they say the same thing be- about um, Scott Mellenby? Uh, Scott Mellenby, a member of the Canadians executive, the Canadians brass, who was also acknowledged as a candidate for the GM position in, G- in uh, Minnesota? Or even back further than that, did they say the same thing about Sean Burke, that he was, uh, you know... Um, the Molsons were too cheap or, or uh, that Sean Burke was as he was a candidate for the Edmonton Oilers GM. I mean, all of these things uh, are silly. They're really silly and Habs fans diving into them and being petty. Um, I, I know it's not the majority of you. It's, it's a select group who just happened to be very loud and boorish on, on um, social media. And um, you know, you're better than that. You're better than that. Yeah. I wonder when this is going to hit the Montreal Canadiens fan base that, I mean, it happens. There's always the instigator in this kind of a rivalry and, and the Montreal Canadiens in this case are are the instigator because they tabled an offer sheet, which is something that is very contentious. So it's just, yeah, like I can't get into the mindset of, of saying that Tom Dundon is cheap or Don Waddell isn't satisfied as being the GM or Sebastian Ajo did want to come to Montreal that much was true and, and that he, the Carolina Hurricanes matched out of, you know, just pure, uh, you know, the fact that they were just scared to lose their best player. You know, all of those things, you know, I, I can't quite wrap my head around why you would attack the Carolina Hurricanes for retaining the services of their best player. <laughs> they they <laughs> yeah, should exactly. do that. It's their best player. So I don't know when that hit the Montreal Canadiens. Maybe it's, maybe it's a year or so down the line when someone turns the tables. And offers, you know, maybe that's what it'll take. But it is, 
you know, it, it's something that happens that that happens so rarely that it's going to create a little bit of animosity. But I think it's being taken to uh, an extreme level when we're talking about jersey designs in uh, in August and and you know who's up for a GM uh, job in Minnesota. That's taken it just a little bit too far. I will say. Well, and yeah. Go ahead. I will say it's just the jerseys. I, I thought that they were a little bit generic looking, but that's not a bad thing because a lot of times they come out with, you know, some teams come out with these extravagant looking jerseys that miss the mark entirely. It's better to go with something tried and true. And I've always liked the diagonal print on a jersey. Well, and, and I'm not, I'm not even commenting on the, on the design, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> to say that you don't like the, the, sh- they remove the, the shoulder patches. Say you don't like that. Say you don't like the diagonal, whatever it is, but this, this is Canadians, uh, a certain portion of Canadians fans commenting on things that have nothing really to do with the jersey design. Um, and if, if you want, you don't, you don't want to see the comments. But if you do, yeah. um, there's a, you know, Canadians fans are doing nothing but giving uh, Canes fans ammunition. And there was one Canes fan um, on Twitter, did the Canes win, at did Canes. Uh, he asked the question, Habs fans, why are you so obsessed? Um, and he <laughs> he um, uh, put together a highlight. Well, it's actually a low light reel of all the dumb um, Habs comments that, that came back on the jersey design, <laughs> uh, which is, is really silly. Yeah, it's a, a highlight reel of sorts, but uh, <laughs> maybe not the one that Canadians fans want to be caught up in. Uh, and Moving uh, along to a rather interesting video that was posted on the Habs YouTube channel and a little clip as well that just came out on Twitter of that same video. Uh, it was at the NHL entry draft, a behind the scenes video where we got a little bit of a look into the process or at least the decision making process when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens at the NHL draft and something caught your eye. Well, and it wasn't my cameo. <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, Surprisingly so I won't not. say where I won't say where but I do make a cameo in the Canadians video and you know me I, I, I don't appear in, so, in social media or on the internet anywhere uh, my image that is and uh, yeah. so it was, it's kind of it's kind of interesting um, but, but yeah to, to go back um, we were there you were there your dad was there I was there, I was there many yeah. of our team members were there all of our contest winners as as uh, it's something we've done for the past few years is is uh, we have a partnership with the NHL. They supply excellent uh, lower bowl tickets, reserve tickets to the draft, and uh, we give our our listeners, our readers, uh, a unique fan experience by uh, bringing them to the draft. And um, so we were there, and and uh, but got this from the video uh, behind the scenes look into the. Uh, the Canadians uh, thought process Um, and the video kind of starts off by by Trevor Timmons talking about all the data that they've they've gathered and um, gathered from from the scouts notes gathered from the NHL combine uh, gathered from the two combines that the Canadians themselves ran uh, North America and Europe Um, and interesting that that and he said that they put they put those all together in the lists all together and they try to come up with the the, the defining attribute that will say 
whether a prospect will make the NHL, first of all, and then stay in the NHL. Um, And it comes from from all corners. And and you hear the scouts, um, you know, how many games did 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 you see this this season? Oh, I I, it, it was about an average of 200 games. A season and and some of these prospects are going back and seeing multiple times so um you know it just that's what that's what scouting is there's analytics uh but there's there's uh the the, the main part of of scouting is actually seeing games and and one of the scouts the european scout Hannah Lana, said um i you know i go home and i don't even know the score of the game i'm just having <laughs> my notes from from i'm out there to see a particular player and and, and make notes on him um, the psychologist, the team psychologist, Dr. David Scott was also in there and he has a list. Um, and he, he kind of revealed that Cole, Cole Caulfield, uh, was in his top 10, uh, mainly for his intelligence and, and, um, and hockey sense. So I thought that was, that was, uh, fascinating. Um, also, uh, Trevor Timmons said, and, and it's kind of an obvious point, but something that maybe fans don't uh, necessarily understand, that uh, they talked about last year, the 2018 draft, uh, where the Canadians were picked third overall, picked Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Um, and he said for that draft, um, they didn't have a very big prospect pool. You know, when, when you're picking in the top three, um, there's not a very big prospect pool to, um, to, to build, to look yeah. at. But when you get to 15, uh, the prospect pool is much larger because you have no idea how the, the, the draft is going to play out, play out, and you've got to be ready for it. So Timmons estimated that picking uh, at 15 took five times the work that it did when the pick was at three, which I thought was um, – it, it, it when you play it out, it's 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 kind of obvious, but it's fascinating that uh, that that's something in their mind. Um, so then there's there's um, uh, the video goes to clips from the draft table. Um, Bergevin, of course, is is sitting in the center of the table. Uh, to his left is Timmins, uh, Trevor Timmins. To to his left, Shane Churla, director of amateur scouting. Then Marty Lapointe. And they were to the point where they were coming up to Arizona just picked and they're coming up to the, the number 12 pick overall. And uh, Timmons and, and uh, Bergevin were talking and from the sounds of it, the Canadians on their draft list, they had three guys, three possibilities. Um, and there was Minnesota, Florida and Philadelphia to pick. So Timmons said, to get our guy, we need help. We need help from one team because they would have been happy with any three players at 15, but they needed with three teams in front of them. They needed one team not to pick um, from their list. So to speak. Yeah. Um, and he said, uh, Trevor Timmons said to Bergeron, we need Talon, the uh, Dale Talon, that is the GM of Florida to take the goalie Spencer Knight which the Panthers did. And that was the help that the Canadians needed to, to get, to get one of the three guys that they wanted. Um, it, it's, it's fascinating too, as you watch that, you know, people say that, uh, listen, Bergevin's done a great job drafting the last couple of years. Well, no, if you watch this, <laughs> the, 
the one thing that that Bergevin is has done, which he didn't do earlier in his tenure as GM, is um, delegate and release control to Shane Churlett, Trevor Timmons, the scouts, um, because um, they pick. I mean, Bergevin's not kind of when, when uh, the Florida it said Florida uh, picked Spencer Knight. Bergevin turns to Timmons and said, "The goalie." Yes. So <laughs> Bergevin, and, and um, that's not critical that he should, no. he should be um, turning over control to his scouts. He didn't do that earlier. He's doing that now. Um, so just at, the Canadians are on the clock at 15. They get a call from the Vegas Golden Knights just, just prior to the Habs pick. Um, and they offer the, the Vegas Golden Knights offer their pick, which was number 17 overall and a third round pick for the Canadians number 15 pick Bergevin while he's on the phone turns to Timmons tells him what the offer is Timmons says no <laughs> Timmons made the decision uh, and again as as it should uh, so at 15 they're on the clock and uh, Timmons turns to Marty Lapointe and Shane Churla and Timmons says I say Caulfield uh, Shane Churla says, we need goal scoring. We need power play. Um, Marty Point and LaPointe nods his head. They go, uh, they, they, uh, Timmons tells uh, Bergevin it's Caulfield. Then Julian comes over uh, just before they, they make the pick. Uh, Claude Julian comes over and Trevor Timmons gives him a, a quick scouting report on Cole Caulfield. Right shot goal scorer. He can find the open ice. He battles for his ice. He gets his goals in tight. Julian has the information. Um, and they pass, they pass the information on Weber. Captain Shea Weber makes the pick, which was I thought was a great touch. Guy from BC in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was brilliant. Uh, there's a clip of, of Brendan Gallagher. Um, um, and he's taller than Caulfield. <laughs> yeah, Gallagher he was welcoming very him to about. the team. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and and then Timmons, uh, the video ends with Timmons meeting the media, saying that he was surprised but happy that Caulfield was there at 15. They expected him to be taken in the top 10. Um, talked about his heart. Talked about him being a natural goal scorer. Uh, talked about his hockey sense and compete level. Uh, it's a great video. You should watch it on the Canadian site. Uh, and it just gives you some insight into um, the the draft process, how decisions are made, uh, and who's making those decisions. Yeah, it was it was great to see. I mean, and it's it's kind of been an evolution, as you mentioned, where Trevor Timmons has, has slowly kind of taken the taken the the lead when it's come to drafting, as it should be, you know. I mean the, the general manager of a club shouldn't be expected to, to do everything and, and, and take care of everything. And Mark Bergevin tried to do that a little bit earlier on in his tenure. So it's good to see that he's kind of delegating and letting people do their jobs. And, and Trevor Timmons, I mean, I don't think that there'd be a better guy to have making your decisions when it comes to, uh, to drafting than, than Trevor Timmons. So uh, the Canadians are in good hands if if they continue on uh, this trend of of allowing Trevor Timmons and and Shane Charla and all those guys to uh, to make those decisions. Um, so I guess we'll take uh, just a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to discuss Carl Alsner, who had some really interesting comments about uh, 
his upcoming season and, uh, and not wanting to return to Laval. So when we come back, we're going to discuss that. So stay with us and uh, we'll be right back. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. And uh, we've got a really interesting topic of discussion for this second segment, which was Carl Alsner. And he did an interview where he discussed his desires going forward with the Montreal Canadiens. His current situation last year, obviously, sent down to the Laval Rocket. And he was in a mentorship role uh, with the Laval Rocket for most of last year. And you know, it, it makes sense for a guy in Carl Alsner's position. He's in a month now, exactly a month, he's going to be turning 31 years old. He is a shutdown defenseman. He's a guy that was not very mobile to begin with. So you'd have to imagine that he's going to lose a step. It's only, it's only natural at this point in, in a career of a guy like Carl Alsner for that to happen if it hasn't happened already. <laughs> and, you know, I think that this is uh, very understandable when you look at the fact that the time that time is of the essence for Carl Alsner if he wants to be an NHL defenseman again and you know if he still got something left in the tank it you know the he would want to be in the NHL and show that he has that and if we go back to last year and you look at the way that he played in training camp and the preseason i would argue that he was probably better than Jordy Ben 
but it wasn't supposed to turn out that way. He wasn't supposed to be what he was. And you've pointed out in the past that that kind of this deterioration between Carl Alsner and the organization kind of stems from comments that he made about not understanding Claude Julien's system. So there isn't a great relationship currently between the Montreal Canadiens and Carl Alsner. And that shows when, you know, he doesn't get an exit interview. There really isn't much. If you, you know, can read between the lines, not a whole lot of verbal communication or any communication between either of the sides in this. So, there's got to be a little bit of a frustration and it seems as though that the Canadians and Alsner have reached a little bit of an impasse because he doesn't want to go to Laval. I, it would seem with Ben Chirot coming in, Victor Meta and Brett Kulak and Mike Riley all returning that there isn't a spot for Carl Alsner on this team. So at this point, it's, it's really tough to say where Montreal is going to go. We, we've thrown that out as the question of the week, but I really don't know where this is going to go because Carl Alsner, I don't think, has a place on this team at this moment in time. And with Ben Sherratt coming in, that's a, skim, a similar skill set as Carl Alsner. So that's really what his spot was going to be if they were going to ever go back and try Carl Alsner out again. So it's really, really interesting uh, going forward as we head towards training camp and all of that in the preseason to see if, if he's given a real look because last year it was kind of cut short because Jordy Ben was a guy that was, they were, he was in the plans for Montreal. They wanted him to be on that team. And so that's the way that it turned out. And Carl Alsner was the victim of that. He was the guy that was sent down because Jordy Ben was a part of the team and he was going to always be a part of the team. Alsner was coming off a bad year. It, Let's be honest, he wasn't great in his first year, but he was not as noticeable out there. He was not getting caught out of position. He wasn't being picked apart by, you know, speedy left winger, or right wingers or anyone like that. It was, he was much better, but he just wasn't given that long of a look. And, and that's, I can understand that there's a little bit of frustration that would have to seep in there for Carl Alsner. So it's, like I said, it's understandable that he doesn't want to be a mentor. He doesn't have that kind of time left and he's kind of already, he's been there. He's done that. He doesn't need to be around that environment at this point in his career. And if he's got something else left in the tank, I'm sure that he'd love to get the chance to show it. Well, this, uh, interview nicely appeared yesterday um, yeah. <laughs> so that we could talk about it today. Um, thanks to TVA and, and LA yes. Riviere for doing the interview with, uh, with Alsner. Um, and um, you know, it, it um, I, I should also, um, there's, there's a third member of our team. Um, you know, we, we talk about this being the Canadians connection and, and three credential journalists that, that put it together. And, and, um, uh, Chris G helps us and um, um, behind the scenes is a consultant uh, and a producer. And he, he sent me the transcript of, of the, the video and there's all kinds of really interesting little nuggets in the, in the transcript. Uh, but go to TV on and, and watch yeah. the, uh, the interview yourself. Uh, but it, it, it opens and, and uh, Carl Alsner, I should say, you know, Amy Johnson and I, um, the, the AHL report team had a, a chance to speak to him um, formally and informally over the course of, of last season when he was uh, with the Rocket. And each time we met him, he was, uh, 
He was his uh, had a good attitude. Um, he was positive. Uh, he was up. He sees himself as a glass half full kind of guy. Um, you mentioned he was a mentor. He, he was a consummate pro. And we reported that several times, and I'm happy to see that that many others have picked up the the uh, the reporting that that we did that 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 say how pre- professional he was because um, he indeed um, was a real pro last year and, and, um, and, and that, that great attitude isn't, doesn't always happen. I mean, <laughs> Dale Weiss was exactly the opposite when he went to Lavelle <laughs> um, and there's, there's others. So he went down there. Uh, he wasn't happy, obviously. Um, as, as you said, um, you know, it, it was pretty clear um, to to many objective eyes that he outplayed Jordy Ben in in uh, uh, training camp uh, in the exhibition schedule, but the 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 die was already cast. Uh, the yeah. Canadians had already made their mind up, as they as we've heard with many other players that you know, it doesn't matter what they do, um, you're you're going to be um, uh, they're they're going to uh, play. It's going to play out how they want it to play out. Um, but okay, this summer he went and and uh, he's he's in BC. He's he's a guy from Burnaby. He's at home. Uh, he's been training with Carey Price and Shea Weber, and uh, it, it's just kind of his comments how the different attitude where, um, you know, and we've heard this. Shea Weber and Carey they talk about the clock is running out and they want a Stanley Cup. They want to make the playoffs first, but they want a Stanley yeah. Cup for Carl. Um, same thing going to turn 31 in, in, in uh, September. So time's running out, but what he wants is he wants a regular role in the NHL again. And I think we need to be reminded there's uh, certainly uh, whenever you mention Alsner's name, there's, there's this avalanche of negativity that comes out. Um, But we, we forget that Carl Alsner was one of the league's Ironman players. He hadn't, you know, going back to, to before he was demoted, he hadn't missed um, uh, uh, an NHL game going back to the 2010-11 season. He was one of the, the league's Ironmen. Um, and he says, you know, there was those comments, as you said, um, that the the defensive game that J.J. Daniel was trying to uh, institute and and uh, and Claude Julian was just so different, and he had trouble getting people to tell him what what he was doing wrong. He wanted to be coach, coach me, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And he said the communication was almost non-existent. Um, and uh, you know, we we <laughs> I remember back uh, we we've talked about this in one of our our off-season podcasts about J.J. Daniel and his bizarre comments uh, when yeah. he was uh, hired uh, 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 to be a, a, a head coach in the queue. When he, when he basically said, um, you know, I don't want to talk about Carl Alsner and kind of insinuated that Carl Alsner was the reason that, that uh, Daniel was fired from. So he was very bitter. Um, so there seemed to be something very personal there, which is hard to believe because, Alsner seems such an easy to get along with guy, certainly from, yeah. from our perspective. Um, 
but yes, the saying, you know, talking about the communication and not only there, not only being coached and getting the communication there, but I thought it was bizarre that Alsner said that he didn't have a formal exit interview with the organization last season. Um, and even the reporters uh, that said, are you saying you didn't have an exit interview? And he said, yeah, I got nothing from Bergevin, nothing from Claude Julien. And you would have expected one of those to conduct an exit interview because he was just in Laval. He's a Canadian's player. He's being paid as a yeah. Canadian's player. Um, and have respect for him, have respect for the veteran that you went out and recruited. You went out and sold on this. Or Mark Bergevin went out and sold and got Carey Price and, and Shea Weber and others to, to talk at uh, Jordy Ben to talk, uh, talk up the organization and get him to sign in Montreal in good faith. Um, you know, Mark Bergevin recruited him and, and you didn't have a, a conversation with him. And he said he, he had a, a two or three minute chat with Joel Bouchard at the end of the year. It wasn't really a formal exit interview. Bouchard thanked him for, for the, the, the season said, we'll see what happens next year. Enjoy your summer. Just kind of basic. It wasn't really an exit interview. So he yeah. talks about this, this being frustrated uh, and he's, you know, happy go lucky, but um, he says uh, at some point, you have to ensure that your voice is being heard, and he's not sure his voice is being heard. Um, so he 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 expressed in the interview his frustration with the lack of communication, his lack of a plan, uh, the lack of direction, um, and 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 wants that. And and I mean, he's smart. He knows he knows the situation. Um, he said that he hasn't formally asked for a trade, although he he said he was clearly open to one. Um, but he said, listen, I want to play where I'm wanted. Um, as you said, time's running out. He doesn't want to waste time. Wants to take uh, advantage of the time he has to uh, left to play at the highest level. Um, you know, he enjoyed his time in Laval. He, he was a true pro. Uh, he was a mentor, but he doesn't want to be a coach again. And, and again, this is something where context is really important. Um, we forget it was Joel Bouchard's first year as a pro coach. In fact, on the Laval bench, there was a zero experience uh, in pro coaching. And in, uh, uh, there was Daniel J- Jacob and, and um, um, it, it was, it was, um, it was Alsner who kind of acted as, as that extra defensive coach and you heard that from Brett Lernow. You heard that from Kale Fleury. They all spoke highly of Alsner and, and how he helped them. Um, and, and, you know, Alsner says, I enjoyed that. Uh, but I don't want to be, again, I don't want to be a part of a, a young team to coach again. I want to be coached. I want to win. I want to make, take advantage. Um, you know, he talks about uh, his, his contract, um, He's got three years left, four point six two five million. Uh, contract's not his fault. It's not his no. fault. <laughs> um, you know. Um, so, what are the options? And fully, uh, Mark Bergevin had a full year to make a trade, um, and 
just didn't get it done. Um, you know, you look back to November of last year and before they demoted uh, Alsner to Laval, they reportedly tried to trade him. Um, uh, you know, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't much interest, but you know, what kind of incentive was Bergevin um, including? Was he willing to take on some of the, uh, the contract? We just don't know that. Um, that contract will be, will be tough. There's also a modified no trade clause. Uh, Alsner gets to submit a 17, no trade list. Um, but to, to buy him out now, right now, um, you know, uh, Alsner would be on the books for six years. Uh, and right now he's, you know, if they just let this contract thing play out, he's on the books for three years. Now, if they bought him out, they'd save, three million dollars uh on the life of the contract but um it's tough um and and i'm you know i'm i i understand that that it's a difficult situation for bergevin but it's one that and we've seen this before he's created uh he's boxed himself into a corner uh now um you know alsner says and you can understand he doesn't want to play uh in in laval um you know, you have people like Michelle Bergeron, not that we we uh, <laughs> normally take his word at things, but had talked about how how Bergevin has mismanaged the entire uh, Alsner file. Um, it's 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 a bit of a mess, and there's very little time uh, for Mark Bergevin to solve it. Um, you know, it's it's tough. Uh, I, I think of of when I think of Alsner. Uh, I wonder if he can't be useful on the third pairing at yeah. some point. Um, you know, you look at the way I, I think of the Winnipeg Jets and, and how they were able to, um, you know, Dmitry Kulikov was probably a mistake, uh, but they made use of him. And, yeah. and, you know, he has a similar contract, 4.3. Um, and, and now he's in the last year's contract, a year left and the Jets are, are rid of him. And, and even if the Jets choose to uh, trade him, uh, you, you know, an organization only has to eat one year of a contract. And then, then that player is a, is a free agent. Dmitry Kulikov is a couple years younger. So those are the kinds of comparables out there that Mark Bergevin, when, when he's trying to trade um, Alsner, other teams may be looking at a Kulikov uh, instead. It's, it's a mess. Um, it was kind of uh, laid bare uh, yesterday, um, and uh, we'll see how, how Mark Bergevin handles this. It, you know, and this is the rare opportunity, and, and GMs don't often in professional sports get the opportunity to clean up their own mess. A lot of times if there's a mess made by a general manager – it's it's up to a guy that replaces him to try to do that. And, you know, I understand that this is just one contract. And But we keep in mind, in 2017, this was the big signing. This was the guy that was going to be brought in and was going to eat minutes and be stable and, and an Ironman for the Montreal Canadiens. So, you know, you look at this, and in a perfect world, you would have him, as you say, go out there on that third pairing. But my mind keeps going back to, well, why why would you bring back Mike Riley? You know, if you want to get value yeah. for this contract the same way that Winnipeg is getting value or got value from uh, Kulikov, 
why are you bringing back Mike Riley? There are other, there are alternatives here. I understand that then you look at the left side as being perhaps not as mobile as you would like it to be with Sherratt and uh, Alsner and Kulak would be, I guess, would come in and out or, or it would, it would be interesting to see how all that would kind of unfold. But if you were to give him the opportunity and he was to establish himself with a little bit of value to, you know, a team that's looking for some help on the left side and, and Montreal is that team, but I guess with the, with Ben Sherrod as kind of a cheaper alternative and Brett Kulak already there, maybe that's not the guy that they're looking for. Then you can move on hopefully, but that's the best case scenario. I don't think a buyout is something that's going to, to happen. I could be wrong on that, but I think that the negatives might outweigh the positives on that as you kind of laid out, you know, so this is a difficult situation for Mark Bergevin. He's going to get the opportunity to try to clean this up a little bit, but I don't know if, if his hands aren't already kind of tied with, with the way that this roster is looking with Mike Riley coming back, as well as the signing of Ben Sherratt coming in, this is a, this is a difficult situation. And, uh, and I, I really do. I, I feel for Carl Alsner because I think that he does still have something left in the tank as an NHL defenseman. I think that in the right situation with the right defensive partner that, you know, is a little bit more fleet of foot, he's got something to offer a team, but maybe Montreal isn't that team, which is just a little bit unfortunate for him. Um, so with all that said, we've had our say on Carl Alsner and what we think is the best course of action, uh, for the Montreal Canadiens going forward. We're going to turn the question over to you. We've thrown it out on social media with our question of the week. Alsner doesn't seem interested in playing in Laval. How should MB solve the problem he created? So we're going to get to the responses on Twitter and the all haves fan page on Facebook after a quick break. The Canadian's Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. 
for the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects. Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. And before we get to the responses of the question of the week, I'd like to take a minute and talk about the All Habs Fantasy Sports Leagues. Well, we're um, this we're we're entering our tenth season, uh, which seems wow. hard to believe for <laughs> All Habs Fantasy Sports. Uh, All Habs Fantasy Sports, uh, which encompasses. Uh, all, um, all Habs Fantasy Hockey, All Habs Fantasy Football, and of course it's that season again where the the leagues are are um, assembling, and we have um, uh, Commissioner Brian Clark who has looked after this for the the last uh, couple of years, um, uh, busy on on Twitter, and um, and and we have multiple leagues in hockey, multiple leagues in football. We're putting together the uh, the fantasy football league. If you're interested, there's a couple of spots open uh, in um, in one of our leagues in in fantasy football. If you're interested, uh, just reply to uh, Habs Connection on Twitter. Reply to All Habs. Reply to Joe Whalen 19, uh, and we'll get you we'll get you a, a spot and we'll get you into the league. If you're interested in hockey, glad to do that too. Now. Um, you don't know anything about All Habs Fantasy Hockey, do you? Did, uh, do, well, I'll, no. I'll just throw out there. No, I am let, the let's defending, not, let's move on. defending let's move champion. On. We don't okay. want to. Pardon? Yeah. All right. What? Huh? Uh, the, the, the defending defending champion, actually, is, is here. So, uh, yeah. You are. That's, uh, that, that would be me. <laughs> now, how did Going that happen? Um, well, I had Carey Price, Matt Murray, and Connor Hallibuck between the pipes. And uh, uh, one Kyle Connor that I might have might have taken from Stolen. Rick Stevens' draft queue, but I, that, that, that that happens. <laughs> and and the <laughs> thing is that that I was a stupid one and invited you, and it was your first year in this league, <laughs> and you won, and you won the title. Yeah, one for one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a great record, and somehow. You pick Connor Hellebuck up off the the waiver scrap, yeah. which someone, I don't. Someone got someone let him go. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Matt, Mer- Matt Murray with an uh, injury, so yeah. It, it was it was it's a fun time. Um, you'll get to meet uh, some of the the All Habs team. Uh, many of the All Habs team play. Uh, you'll get to meet other Habs fans. It's it's a great time. There's lots of chirping, um, and uh, yeah try your hand at being a, a general manager uh, either for, for fantasy football or fantasy hockey. Yeah. So that is, yeah, as you could tell by me trying to say that I was the defending champion, there is a lot of, a lot of chirping that goes on, <laughs> especially when you're at the top, everyone wants the guy at the top. That's just it. Uh, <laughs> you're going down this year. You're going down. Yeah. I, 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 I look forward to that. I look forward to the challenge of repeating. Uh <laughs> But uh, to get back to uh, the question of the week, which uh, which was once again, Alsner doesn't seem interested in playing in Laval. How should Mark Bergevin solve the problem he created? And 
We've gotten a lot of responses to this, as we typically do when a question is centered around Mark Bergevin. <laughs> that's a that's a hot topic right there. Just Mark Bergevin, the name itself. It just there's so many responses that just come back saying that Mark Bergevin should uh, should be let go, as we'll get to in a minute. But uh, with the with his thoughts, here's Chris G. As you mentioned, uh, we get a lot lots of contributions from Chris G. Uh, there's not much that Bergevin can do right now to make Alsner happy. If Alsner doesn't make the Habs, it's down to Laval. Alsner is a very good person, but his contract will be hard to get off the books. And then you have uh, Phil Andrade, uh, the, the real Gibby, 05 Gibby from the Habilisten podcast. Uh, he said, I think give him one last chance to make the lineup. He's been a professional throughout the whole process. He doesn't make the team, buy him out. Not ideal for the team, but I think giving him an opportunity will show he learned from mistakes while showing respect to Alsner, which is an important point because, as you mentioned, it didn't seem as though that there was that mutual respect that at least Alsner was feeling from the organization without having an exit interview. Um, And then you have uh, Asham Gasham saying uh, the clown that signed him should be canned. So uh, there's the, the one comment that there always is at least one saying that uh, Bergevin <laughs> should be fired. And uh, that's, that's it. And then you have uh, Ian Lewis saying the reason Alsner's out and Riley's in because Alsner is on the decline, but Riley still has potential. Riley has great moments of offense, but then costs as many or more in defensive blunders. And uh, I think that's, that's a fair uh, description. I, I think that there is a little bit of upside that remains with Mike Riley, but uh, it, it seemed like a little bit of a, of a reach to give him, you know, the, uh, the term and the, and the dollar that they did. But uh, that's, that's my opinion. But uh, Rick, what is, what is Facebook saying about all this? It's, it's interesting because um, uh, the Canadians, I, I don't know. This is the part I don't understand is why do you trash somebody publicly and then try to yeah. trade them and say, like, gee, I, I, I don't know why we can't get anything for them. I, I don't get it. Um, on Facebook and to follow uh, the, uh, we have a quite a large uh, uh, all Habs community on Facebook. Uh, just put all Habs in your search bar. I'll be taken to uh, 40,000 other uh, Facebook Habs fans. And, and uh, uh, here we have, we have a whole pile of comments. I'll read a couple of them. Uh, many of them uh, follow what Tyler Mashad says. And he, he basically said it's, it's, uh, uh, Alsner's fault. Uh, if he was better, he wouldn't be in that position. Real Doucette doesn't have uh, a lot of uh, faith in the team. He says the whole team should be playing in Laval. Um, Shane Penny says release him. Uh, if not, put him down there. Well, they can't really release him. Uh, yeah. Teresa Philippot said he can retire, nullify the remaining contract, and he can pursue any team he wishes. Well, uh, they can't nullify the contract. They, I guess they could mutually agree to terminate it, but that's not going to happen with all that, that uh, three years left at 4.6. Yeah. Uh, Alsner's not going to agree to that, um, but they can buy him out. Um, but as I said, that, that's, uh, that's lots to eat for, for uh, Mark Bergevin and the Canadians. Uh, Alexander Rekinus says, trade him to Ottawa. All right. Uh, Norman Andrews says, buy him out. Um, Gordon Linus says, I think Bergevin and Alsner should retire together in Siberia. All right. Um, <laughs> Fred Schuler says, I don't think uh, NHL sh- uh, team would take him so he can retire and go to Europe. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I still think that, um, uh, you know, he, he could be a third pairing defenseman somewhere, as you said, with, with the right partner, with the right system. Yeah. Um, David Blizzard said it's time to move on. Uh, we're going in a direction. Doesn't make any sense to keep him. Okay. We agree with that. Now, how, how David, that's <laughs> tough. Uh, Grid Thomas says trade and eat 50% of his salary. Unfortunately, it's going to uh, come to that. Uh, Stephen Thomas says get rid of the coach first. Uh, Joseph Duval says tell Molson to take some of his reserves and set us free. <laughs> so just some of the comments uh, on social media, This, those from uh, Facebook. But you can um, uh, respond to that question uh, as you wish either on social media or by giving us uh, a call or giving us a text on the, the uh, rocket sports text line. That number again is five, eight, five, three rocket. Yeah, absolutely. Keep those responses coming in at our social media handles. That'd be at Joela 19 at all Habs at Habs connection. Keep those responses coming because I mean, this is going to be something that we're going to have to wait and see how this all turns out for Carl Olsner. So we want to get as many opinions as we can to see what might be the best course of action and then see if any of those ideas come to fruition. Um, so I guess with all of that said, uh, it's about that time that we, uh, that we uh, go away for another week. And this time it won't be two weeks. It'll just be one week. We'll be back next week at 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time. And, you know, we've got all the other great podcasts on the uh, Rocket Sports Radio and, and some great content that's always coming out at allhabs.net as we head closer towards the start of a new NHL season. It's, it's almost the end of August. We only got one more week left, and then it's September, and then it's going to be really exciting. Absolutely. And at the start of September, uh, the, the camp uh, season's open with the rookie camp. The rookie camp yeah. in Belleville this year uh, will be there. The AHL report team will be there. Um, uh, and so make sure that – uh, that you're following us for for that um, you'll want to tune into uh, from the press box um, on ahl.report that's the the, pre- uh, the podcast with amy johnson uh, the lead contributor there and and uh, uh, there will be a preview of the uh, uh, rookie camp um, where where many of these players will be will be featured um, we should have something new coming out from uh, the guys that put together habs unfiltered uh, Matt Blaine and Treg um, will have uh, have a listen coming back together. And of course, as you said, uh, Canadians Connection podcast, which you can always find at allhabs.net. Or maybe you want to find us on your p- favorite podcast platform. Yeah, and you can do that on Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere where you find all your favorite podcasts. You can search for Rocket Sports Radio and hit that subscribe button. And uh, like Rick said, you get all four of the podcast under the uh, Rocket Sports Radio umbrella. And uh, like like I said, we'll be back next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens and NHL and whatever whatever subjects come up. And uh, we'll be really excited to be back into the uh, every week having an episode. And as we get closer to an NHL season, there'll be more and more to talk about, like Rick mentioned with the uh, rookie tournament and all that. Uh, coming up just around the corner and and training camp and all of those things so we look forward to that but as for right now we are going to say goodbye but thank you for tuning in to the canadians connection on rocket sports radio for the latest news on the montreal canadians follow us on twitter at 
Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.